world, where the average scary movie gets a 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. Where Netflix and chill means you turn on a movie and ignore it. We bring to you streaming and screaming. We your hosts Lisa and Kara will go through and review all scary movies so you can make the ultimate decision of whether or not it's worth the watch. They'll stream so you can scream. Alright everybody, welcome to Streaming and Screamin' with your host Lisa and my lovely co-host Kara. What up, motherfuckers? Yeah, you heard that right. Kara is the co-host of this cute little, cute, what the fuck, scary little miniseries? Spooky. Spook- <laughs> little spooky <laughs> miniseries. But yeah, it's it's so exciting. We're starting this new series. Obviously, you're on it. <clears throat> and it's co-hosted by Kara. And you may recognize Kara from a few of our Alia episodes. Uh, Slender Man. Why did I just turn into an Australian? Slender Man, Ted Bundy. Were those the only two you've That's been on it. so far? Okay, so she'll far. be back. Let's be real. <laughs> she'll be back. Um, but we wanted to bring you, so we wanted to bring you this mini series again to try to kind of break up the horror. Well, this is all horror, but like the seriousness. Bring of, a little bit of fun. Right, <laughs> a little bit of fun. So beware, this is going to be fun, not some bullshit, serious nonsense. So if you don't like fun, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kara, a little bit of background real quick. Kara is one of, like, five of my friends that listens to, that watches scary movies and enjoys them, right? Normally, I'm dragging people to see scary movies with me. I'm begging. I Like, I literally dragged my dad to see Unsane this weekend. He didn't want to, didn't enjoy it. But Kara's that friend that I can call, be like, let's go see this horrible movie, like, scary, like, gory, nasty movie. And she's like, fuck it, let's go. So that's why she's here, and I love it because we're going to bring you everything from the plot, spoilers, fun facts about the movie, what we think, and we'll go over those ratings here in a little bit. Within two weeks of when I first met Lisa, she, when we found out we both like scary oh, movies, yeah. she provided me a list of like <laughs> the top 50 <laughs> like most messed up. Wait, forms. I think that's how I we still, became friends. I still have it somewhere. Wait, that's so funny. I forgot about that. I was like trying to be friends, Kara. <laughs> I like I don't what it, you're the one who got me onto podcasts, by the way. Oh, you, the, this job is the first time I've ever listened to podcasts, and the only podcasts I really listen to are true crime podcasts. But it was because of this pod, this podcast. So Kara and I are coworkers. If you guys haven't gathered that by now, um, but yeah, that's how we bonded. We oh, it's full circle, <laughs> so cute. Um, but yeah, so that's a little background of why we're doing this. We're both really interested in these movies. Both of us are. Uh, really interested in the details of the movies, and it's always fun to read reviews, get a different perspective, kind of go over catch what we things liked. You didn't catch. Yeah, catch things you didn't catch. Go over things that you liked, that you didn't like, that you would have turned off if it's worth it. I know for me, I read a lot of reviews. Do you, Kara? After, yeah, not before. Yeah, right. You want to see the opinions, and so that's what we're kind of bringing to you guys. Whether it's before you watch the movies or after, to see if you agree with our opinions, we wanted to bring that to you today in streaming and screaming, baby. <laughs> All right, so our first episode. So I actually took a poll on iFriend I podcast, um, our group on Facebook, and I wanted to see gauge, you know, what movies you guys would be interested in listening to, learning about, going over, and one of the top, which is kind of surprising me. Did it surprise you? Yeah. 
Yeah, like this is like kind of random. I guess it's a classic, but like kind of random. Um, but one of the top rated movies that you guys wanted to hear about was The Blair Witch Project. So, episode number one, baby. Here it is. Here we are. <laughs> the Blair Witch, bitch. <laughs> I what this is called. I need to stop swearing. That's what I need to do. Why? Yeah, right. Why? Why so? I mean, my mom's just disappointed in me. <laughs> Everybody's mom's disappointed in me. Right? Good point. All right. So let's get into this, Kara. Let's do this damn thing. So the added glance details of the Blair Witch Project. It was written and directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's an episode of Always Sunny with them where it? Eduardo Sanchez is a guy who murdered somebody with Mac's dad, and he's Charlie's mom oh, is like, Luther was in my butt and Eduardo was in my mouth, and that's <laughs> his name was Eduardo Sanchez. So I'm disturbed. Eduardo, was that you? <laughs> so uh, he also directed the spin. It stars Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard. It. Entered production in October 1997, so 21 years ago? I'm bad with math, so don't even try to get me. I'm going to go with 21 years ago. (laughs) I I believe you. Uh, Filming took place in Maryland for eight days, overseen by cinematographer Neil Fredericks, which is a pretty short time span to film a movie. Yeah. Like, some movies take, like, six months. Yeah, like, up to a year almost. Yeah. Some movies longer than a year, depending on the movie. Hey, Toy Story or Nightmare Before Christmas took like 10 years. (laughs) But that's claymation. I guess that doesn't count. True. Uh, Blair Witch was released January 25th, 1999 at Sundance. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, I'm a dumbass and I wrote at Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. Like, I seamlessly do. Shit. Sorry, guys. And the wide release was on July 14th, 1999. Which is interesting. I've actually never really paid attention to the release date at an international or a film festival versus, like, wide release. Is it normally that, like, six months apart? Maybe. I don't, I don't know enough about it. I guess it, we can so. kind of compare as we go through because yeah. that's in most of these. Um, so it has a runtime of 81 minutes, so about an hour and a half. Rated R for language. But keep in mind, this is 1999. So I think today it would be rated PG. It would definitely yeah. be rated PG. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the genre is horror. It had a $60,000 budget, which is basically nothing. Yeah. And it grossed at the box office $248.6 million. So quite a profit. Right? Like, can you imagine turning $60,000 into $248.6 million? I'm not even going to see a million dollars in my lifetime until I'm, right. like, 60. Um, I so, won't see it then. Right? Um, so getting into the brief plot overview, if you haven't seen it already, which I'm sure most of you have, if you haven't, obviously after this you'll have to decide whether or not you want to check it out and let us know what you think. But it does tell the fictional story of three student filmmakers, Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Josh... Sorry. <laughs> Michael C. Williams and Joshua Leonard. Catch that? So... If you didn't realize, the names stay the same. So basically, that's going to get into our fun facts later, but they kept the original names of the actors and actresses playing the main characters, which I thought was pretty cool. It makes it more personal, and it does make it more real, which was what they were going for. A lot of people confuse The Blair Witch Project with a documentary film, but it is actually a mockumentary film. It is not real. 
Sorry to burst your bubble if you guys thought there was a castle in the West. I mean, there may still there might be. be a castle. We don't know. Probably is. Um, basically, what it follows is the trio hike in the Black Hills near Burkittsville, Maryland in 1994. I was one. Well, maybe. Somewhere around that. <laughs> I might have been one. I might have been one. Uh, I might have been closer. Yeah, I was. Okay, goodbye. Um, to film a documentary about a local legend known as the Blair Witch title name so Blair Witch is according to the legend the ghost of Ellie Kedward a woman banished from Blair Township Latter-day Burkittsville for witchcraft in 1785 now they play on the themes of injustice done to those who were called witches as part of the movie's realism feel because that was a very real thing back in the day of witches (laughs) basically what did it feel like every single woman that did anything that was considered immoral was immediately a witch and then like burnt on a stake so I think that's what they were kind of playing with and feeling around here the fear of that because that was a very real thing not necessarily that these were witches like eating children in the forest but there were people who were considered witches yeah and murdered because of it which we'll probably cover on eye for an eye or even further down the line in this because the Witch. Another <laughs> scary movie. Um, so the three disappear, but their video and sound equipment, along with most of the footage they shot, is discovered a year later. The recovered footage is what the film is the film that the viewer ends up watching. So as the viewer, when you're sitting down to watch a Blair Witch product, project, it's filmed as if you were watching their found footage, which is why it's called a found footage film. Yeah. It's as if you walked into a forest, found a cassette tape, and popped it in. And that's what the movie feel is like and i don't i'm not sure but is this like the beginning of found footage yeah yeah Yeah. so this is marked as one of the the beginning the starts of the found footage genre because now we're seeing paranormal activity we're seeing vhs VHS. what are other found footage films there's a ton there's like a bunch of like Like, shit yeah like very (laughs) indie like out of nowhere like turn off after 10 minutes because you're bored and it's too shaky and giving you a headache yeah but paranormal is another one that we're going to go into a little later down the series But this is, yeah, but this is one of the first in its genre. We're going to get into that here. So we have a little bit of fun facts for you. The reason I was so excited that people picked the Blair Witch Project, although I was surprised, is because this movie is filled with fun facts, little Easter eggs, little bits and pieces that you wouldn't realize as the viewer watching it. Um, And I think that makes it all the better. Knowing these things and then Mm -hmm. rewatching the movie makes it badass. You know what I mean? I actually didn't know all these things. Yeah. And then on a rewatch, it was... A lot better than I remember. Yeah, right? So this might, if you've never seen the movie before, this might, you know, what's it called? I was going to say propel, but that's not it. Condemn. Inspire. Yeah, kind of. Might. Inspire. I like inspire. Might inspire you. Compel. Yes, it might compel <laughs> you. That, what did I try to say? Propel. Propel. Okay, I was close with the words. Um, it might compel you to watch the movie Again, in a different light, if you've already seen it and maybe didn't like it, or if you've already seen it just didn't know. Like Kara said, it really makes you kind of view it through different eyes, knowing all these fun facts. So let's get into these. Um, so, interesting to note, the directors conceived the fictional legend of the Blair Witch in 1993, which, Kara, was six years before the movie's debut. That's a long process. It's a long fucking time. Like, can you imagine? I mean, I guess it's kind of like Cheese Guzzler, like we've been in the making. <laughs> Kara and I are like... In the throes, and by in the throes, I mean like in the, like just an idea and a dream. Do you stage. still have our storyboard? Of course. Okay. And I still have a little cheese guzzler. Okay. Um, 
of making an Apple Watch game. So look out for that, babies. In six years. And yeah, yeah, in about six years. You know, we will come back to this and be like, listen, look at us. Homemade six years. Um, so it's interesting that they start tossing around the ideas of this legend of the Blair Witch six years before the movie was even like produced, directed, yeah. shot. So to go into a little bit of how they came up with the idea, they were at the university, the directors were at the University of Central Florida. Um, And they came across the idea for the film after realizing that they found documentaries on paranormal phenomena scarier than the traditional horror films. Okay, what do you think about that? Do you think... I don't know if I agree with the paranormal phenomenon, but I think documentaries are scarier. In my head, I'm thinking, like, paranormal activity, which doesn't scare me at all. Right. But I definitely agree documentaries are scarier. Yeah. Because there's always that element of, like, realism. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a false equivalency though they're not like one's real life so of course it's a little bit scarier yeah i mean maybe they're talking about like filming technique i don't know but i thought that was interesting as well um so the directors developed a 35 page screenplay with the dialogue to be improvised so that's pretty short yeah but what does that mean like don't aren't screenplays normally like the words. words yeah like i took a screenwriting course in college so and tell like, me about it right now so, so <laughs> theoretically like one page of a screenplay is one minute of dialogue oh so, so this would be a 35 minute movie if yeah. that was the way this was so i don't know what they wrote in it if i'd be interested if anyone knows how to like find that basics I like don't know. but like what would you write there the whole fucking plot takes place in the forest <laughs> like walks to Goes stick to forest yeah walks Finds to tree sticks. a yeah. See sticks in formation. That would, goes to tree B. That would screams. be interesting to read. <laughs> right? I think it would be so interesting. And it would be kind of daunting maybe as actors and actresses going into that with that being your only guide. Or maybe very freeing because it gives you the creative liberty to kind of yeah. make shit up. Because that's, yeah. as we'll find out here soon in a second, literally that's what this whole movie came down to. Which is <laughs> pretty impressive, right? Yeah. Um. It is not something I knew before. Yeah, the whole entire, every word that's spoken in this is improvised. Um, and we'll tell you how they did it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, a casting call advertisement in Backstage Magazine was prepared by the directors, which is how the main characters were originally cast. Or always cast. I don't know why I said originally cast. They were, that's <laughs> how they were cast. Um, and the ad read, an improvised feature, f- oh, the ad read, quote, an improvised feature film shot in wooded location it is going to be hell and most of you reading this probably shouldn't come end quote um obviously some people can't this sounds like a shoddy like craigslist sounds like two girls one cup why did you even know that's a horror movie of itself that's the next episode yeah yeah sounds like something that the same people who would show up for that would show up for this right it's like this sounds like literally we could probably find this exact same thing for a serial killer on craigslist yeah but then you show up and you die. <laughs> yeah, instead of being cast in a film that will later gross over $200 million. Yeah. Um, but isn't that creepy? Like, that's literally all the ad read. And it actually got a ton of people to show up, which is pretty yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So about 20 hours of footage was shot and was edited down to 82 minutes, which is, I can't imagine... Knowing the movie, seeing the movie, 20 hours of that would be wild. Can you imagine? I wonder how much of it was then just, like, aimlessly wandering around. <laughs> yeah. Because it's kind of like they filmed it as if it was, like, almost a reality TV show, right? Yeah. They constantly so it's literally just them walking. <laughs> yeah. And screaming at each other. I wonder if they ever, like, talked about nonsense or if constantly they were in character. You ever think about that? Like, 
Because obviously they had to have these cameras rolling for, you know, X amount of time per day. Because they didn't, like, I don't think they actually, like, slept in the forest. I think they got to go home at the end of the shooting day. But um, actually, I don't know. That might be a lie because I know that one of the nights. And it was only eight days. Yeah. So I don't, maybe that's a lie. Um, But it is interesting that, I'd be interested to see, like, the outtakes or, like, what was cut or, like, how, how the hell do you look it's so crazy because it doesn't have a plot. So it's like, yeah, how do you choose what to keep in the movie versus, I don't know. That's pretty interesting. I think that would be a really daunting task yeah, um, as sure. a director and editor to be able to chop up 20 hours of footage into a, an hour and a half an hour and a half movie that makes sense when there's no dialogue yeah. to go off of. Good job, editor. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, kudos to you. Damn, you deserve that 20... 20- Two hundred million. Well, you probably got like what eighteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, when the film was premiered at Sundance, not Sunday, Sundance, <laughs> the director had run a promotional marketing campaign that listed the actors as either missing or deceased. Now, the only other time I've ever heard of that really being an effective marketing tactic is for Cannibal Holocaust, which. I've I never do seen apologize. It. I've never seen it either because I can't get myself to watch it. Animal abuse, right? Animal abuse. The real animal killing. Um, they justified it real quick to get on a tangent because we're probably not going to review that one because neither of us have seen yeah. it, nor will I see it, even though it's a classic. Um, I've read enough about it. I could probably tell you all about it without even seeing it. Um, but it got a lot of shit because they did film it on an actual island with indigenous people um, who actually did, this is how they justified it, is actually did these rituals, so it was actually how they ate, and they said that all of these animals were, like, the parts were used, right? So, like, how, you know, cows, the whole fucking thing is used when we slaughter them here, but it doesn't justify how they killed them, and although that's how the directors claimed that the tribe did, it's, like, it's disturbing, and so... But what happened is, to get back on point, is the movie The Cannibal Holocaust kind of does the found footage thing where the the group of, you know, whatever they are, journalists or whatever, go to um, an island to study this tribe. They all end up killing them because they're cannibals. And um, so everyone dies in, like, super hyper-realistic ways, at least for the time period that this came out in. And what the director did to make it extra creepy and extra real is he made the actors, the main actors and actresses, I just say actors, fuck it, everyone's an actor, um, sign a form that said they will not be in the spotlight for X amount of time at, like as they're marketing for it to make it seem real. People actually believed that these people were murdered. And so they had to, They there was a lawsuit and they had to bring the actors into court and prove that they were still living. Because so many people were, like, in this uproar. Like, we just watched people really die. Like, they thought this was a snuff film. And because the director made them sign this agreement to not go out in public um, to make it more real, the shitstorm ensued. And so they had to actually bring the actors into court and say, you know, yes, I'm alive. Here I am. Like, it was all makeup. Don't worry. Um, So that's the only other time I've ever really heard of them using that kind of, like, serious campaign where people gave in because people absolutely gave into this um this this idea that they were they were real I mean I think more so in this setting people knew that this was a movie not a documentary but it is it is um they do say like based on a true story or like whatever like this is real footage they always say that so some people probably do believe that this is a real account of something that happened 
So that was interesting. I just wanted to get a little tangent about that because I think it's just so interesting. And I think it is a really good marketing tactic. I mean, scary. I mean, that's the point. It's it's trying to make you feel like this is an act, this is reality. This yeah. isn't, you know, this alternate universe. This is happening in present day. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I I didn't know that going into it. I I didn't I guess I thought that the Blair Witch was real. Did you? I mean, not real, but like I thought it was an actual legend, yeah. but um, so the Blair Witch Project is one of the most successful independent films of all time, um, which we went over with the 248.6 million. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and several character names in the movie are near anagrams. Ellie Kedward, who is the Blair Witch, allegedly, is Edward Kelly, a 16th century mystic. Rustin Parr, the fictional 1940s ch- child murderer, began as an anagram for Rasputin. Who was also a child murderer, yeah. I think, right? podcast is that's like what they're doing now but i wasn't listening when i listened to the <laughs> i think it was i mean fuck it if we're wrong whatever he's those are your people shit. yeah i write my russian it's my dad actually <laughs> how did you know my grandpa um so when trying to gain support from investors Merrick and sanchez presented an eight minute mockumentary along with newspaper and news footage regarding the fictional blair witch so they really went all out to sell the story of the blair witch like Kara said she believed it was a legend. I, I think people still to this day believe it's a legend. Yeah. Um, it was very convincing, especially in the time, because this was before these kind of films existed, really. Um, they were the first of its kind, and so they went all the fuck out. They got news stations to help report on it. They had, like, real newscasters come in and film fake news stories regarding the Blair Witch legend. They posted it in newspapers. They had radio announcers go over, like, missing people from this. They really, really sold it. Um, and that's how they pitched it to investors. And that's, of course, how this got the go-ahead to become a film. Um, most of the film was shot in Seneca Creek State Park in Montgomery County, Maryland, although a few scenes were filmed in the real town of Burkittsville. Uh, so Heather Donahue, I would say the main character. Yeah. She's the main person. Yeah. Um, she'd never operated a camera before the movie and spent two days in a crash course to learn. And she said she modeled her character after a director she had once worked with, citing the character's self-assuredness when everything went as planned and confusion during crisis, which that definitely reflects the self-assuredness. Yeah, right. She's kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, during, film, during filming, the actors were equipped with CP-16 film and high 8 video cameras. Which, this bitch got one for Hanukkah! I have my high 8 video camera, actually. I was just looking at it the other day because I lost this charger, so I have no idea how to how to recover that. But I used to take films on that shit all the time. So imagine this, though. It wasn't big movie cinema cameras. It was literally just little tiny handheld. Put them in the forest. <laughs> Go. Like the olden day equivalent of a GoPro. Right? <laughs> right? So, this is where things get really interesting, and I think is the most exciting, almost, part yeah. about watching this film, knowing this and then rewatching, or knowing this before you've ever watched for the first time. The way that it was filmed, like we said, was the actors were each given cameras, and it the script was improvised. However, you may wonder, okay, if, if the script was improvised, then how the hell did this movie even make sense? Like, you just throw people in a forest and make them, like, go. Well, no, there was still that screenplay, and basically what had happened is... They were giving clues. The three of them were giving clues as to their next location through messages hidden inside 35-millimeter film can lenses left in milk crates found with a GPS system. So these three were plopped into a forest with handheld video cameras, 
uh, a GPS system that I guess somehow was already programmed to get them to the locations that the directors had already pre-planned. It's curious to me because they were in a real forest, real world place, real national park. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious how, like, it didn't get fucked with by, like, animals, by, like, I wonder if there was any setbacks in that way yeah. because it's, like, kind of leading up to elements, you know? Yeah. I'm sure they planned for, like, rain and shit and, like, wind, um, like, how that shit knelt down, but... It's really interesting that that's how they found, like, what the directions on how the scene was supposed to play out or what they were supposed to be talking about or what next point they needed to hit. And each of them were given individual instructions that they would use to help improvise the action of that day. So I thought that was really interesting because, like I said, I mean, these these actors and actresses, I'm not really sure, you know, if they were ever in anything else bigger. I don't really recognize yeah, them or anything. I think they should be given. Might be a person, but... <laughs> person she's she's not a cat um (laughs) but I think it's one of those things where these actors maybe be given a little bit more credit than they have been because like the movies been given probably no credit yeah like it doesn't feel like they've been given credit as actors and actresses because you have to think given I mean if they were given a script maybe this would be subpar you know yeah but they weren't and this was completely from like literally reading like a like a fortune on a like a post-it, like, okay, sticks to your left, fight with boy two, go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that how this really whole, hard. Right? And they had to, like, have this dialogue with each other that made sense to the movie to make it creepy. So that's really putting a lot of pressure or a lot of, you know, hope yeah. <laughs> into the actors and actresses that you chose. So the teeth in the film, or real human teeth, that were acquired by a local dentist, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. That's why they look so damn real, because yeah, they are. they're real. <laughs> um, the directors moved the characters a long way during the day, harassing them by night, depriving them of food, as inspired by producer Greg Hale's time in military training, where enemy soldiers would hunt a trainee to help the trainee learn to evade capture. So that's a that's a lot pretty and that's pretty intense for a horror movie right like it sounds like they were living a horror film like i think that was i guess the gist yeah yeah. i guess they knew what they were getting into (laughs) they were like we're gonna fucking hunt you like dogs or like deer like please run um i think that would scare me i'm the kind of person that like i scare myself really easily because i research all this shit can you imagine being in the middle of the woods being like hunted by your directors to scare you like with the whole purpose of scaring you yeah, not that. realizing that that's what they're doing. Because yeah. I'm sure at the time they weren't like, okay, we're yeah, going to punch you, going to scare you. you. Be scared. <laughs> time to be scared now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's, it, it's interesting. And it's kind of creepy that the military does that. But I guess, yeah. I mean, it's smart. Yeah. But in this it case, sounds... it wasn't evading capture. It was more like scaring the fuck out of you to, yeah. get, to get that good <laughs> shot on your handheld camera with your improvised fortune teller cookie line of script. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny. So, the final scenes were filmed at the historic Griggs House, which was a 200-year-old building located in the Papacito... Papacito? Fuck it. Valley State Park. Patapsco. Patapsco. Right? Fuck it. Papacito. Papacito. Okay, so it's Patapsco? Patapsco, I think. Patapsco. Okay, that makes sense. Patapsco. In the Patapsco Valley State Park park near granite maryland so if you've ever seen this film you know the almost what feels like the climax of the entire movie which normally happens in the middle of the movie is at the like very end last 18 seconds. yeah um and it's in this creepy ass like stone building which i guess is this 200 year old building 
Creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Creepy as fuck. Like, it kind of reminds me of that scary-ass garage that's right outside your window. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, don't go in there. Ew, I'm creeping myself out. Yeah. I fucking hate that. If you've ever seen this movie, Kara lives right fucking behind a scary-looking garage. And they filmed like it there. That's it. That's this the, is Patapsco No, this is Papacito Park. <laughs> Papacito State Park. It's right behind her house. Um, <laughs> um, so that that's something to keep note of. It was a really old building, which is how it got to be that way. It wasn't any crazy production, you know, team that came yep. in and spray painted that's a real. new house. It's real, which probably scared the fuck out of the actors as well. Yeah. Um, which we learned it did. Um, so in late November 1999, the house was reportedly being flocked by fans of the film who took chunks from it as souvenirs, causing the township to order it to be demolished the following month. So if you were ever in the Patapsco, <laughs> Patapsco Park, the Patapsco, the Patapsco Valley State Park, you will not find this building. You'll probably find like a shrine to it, yeah, I would imagine. Maybe a chunk of it. Or maybe like a souvenir <laughs> shop nearby because they're capitalizing. I would yeah. out for this movie that was filmed oh, yeah. there. Um, but you will not find the original building. It is no longer there because people were destroying it to get parts of this movie. And I think a lot of people thought this was real. Yeah. So they so. thought they were taking a chunk of, like, this mysterious yeah. witch's house. Um, so the editing process for the movie took more than eight months, which we talked about how they cut 20 hours to about an hour and a half. So. I can't even fucking cut a podcast an hour and a half into 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I can only imagine what that would be like. Um, the movie is thought to be the first widely released film marketed primarily by the internet, which is, you know, something we don't really think about because we've grown up with this Mm -hmm. our entire lives pretty much. Um, but that's not something I knew. Um, the film's official website featured faux police, police reports as well as newsreel style interviews. Which added to them making it seem like it was very realistic. It's still like, even if you look up these like footage today it looks like a real news report it's like very they spent a lot of time in the marketing department and it really sold this film as the horror movie that it is today yeah and something you told me that i didn't know was that um they interviewed like actors and then they interviewed real people yes so yeah so it got really confusing and another tidbit that is really interesting to go along with kara's point is the actors also thought the blair witch was a real legend um, they knew that they were filming a film. They knew that that was obviously not real. The that they weren't <laughs> told that they were going to be like tortured in the woods by a yeah. witch. Um, but they did believe that the um, that the Blair Witch was a real legend. Which I think, like I said, I still think people probably argue with us and tell us it's real yeah. after they listen to us. But it's it's really not. It was made up by these two directors. Um, but like Kara said, what they did was they went around the town um, and ha- like planted actors and actresses and also real townspeople. So. No, none of the three main actresses or actors knew that these people were planted. None of them knew who was real. They just thought these were all people who lived in the town. So it really fed into the idea that this was a real legend. And even some of the townspeople, I think, thought, like, they jogged their yeah. memory of, like, a real legend. So they Fought also perpetuated that this yeah. was real. So this whole fucking time, this, this trio thought that the Blair Witch was a real legend. And again, sorry to burst anyone's bubble... It's not. Nope. It was It was made up in college. <laughs> but it is based on real things, which is scary. Yeah. That shit is still scary if you look at the, like, um, I was going to say the Blair Witch Trials, the Salem Witch Trials. Um, that shit's scary. And I just want to note real quick, 
No, we're sitting in Kara's dining room, and the only light in here is a candle, and it's illuminating her face like we're taking, like we're telling, like fire around a fire camp stores with like flashlights, and I'm obsessed. So I was just thinking, Kara should turn the light, but I was like, I'll just wait. So she's like illuminated as if she has a flashlight, and we're telling camp stories around the fire. Just wanted to bring that up so you guys can get a visual of what's going on. Um, but yeah, so that was how it's just. The, I think movies now need to take notes on how they marketed this because I haven't seen marketing that made me think a movie was real in such ever. I wasn't cognizant of this happening when I was four or three or two or whatever. Um, so I think if any directors are listening to this, which hello or any other, <laughs> or any aspiring directors, I think this is a really cool way to really pitch because yeah. like Paranormal Activity did not like pitch that it was like they just said it was it's like, like oh, yeah, and they play on the idea of like the paranormal, you know, the paranormal. It's like what stuff. you can't see is yeah. the scariest part. Yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting, and I think people should take note because I think if that came back, they could really market things as scary. Like, yeah, I wonder if there's any like legal issues with that though. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, we're not. We're not lawyers. We're not lawyers. I don't know. <laughs> so the film's found footage device. Oh wait, cut it. Okay. So the found footage that the film used and how they used it, um, they used it to spark debates across the internet over whether the film was a real life documentary or if it was a work of fiction. So you know we've been talking the whole time about just leading up to it, nobody knew what it was which leads to people who don't haven't watched it don't know any background still not really knowing what it was yeah the imdb page also listed the actors as missing presumed dead in the first year of the film's availability <laughs> that's not that wouldn't fly now yeah so like they literally made these people everybody believe that this was like a documentary is yeah. basically how it was pitched to the whole entire planet earth yeah and going on that point the film's website contains materials of actors posing as police investigators giving testimony about their casework shared childhood photos of the actors to add a sense of realism. They really went balls to the walls. Yeah. Balls to the walls. <laughs> so that's, many walls. that's what they did. Yeah. All the balls, so many walls. Um, since most of the film is shot on handheld cameras, some audience members have experienced motion sickness and reportedly vomited during the screening. Um, I will attest that this movie is kind of shaky, so if you get uh, motion sickness, it might not be the best movie for you, because it is. It's, a, it's them. It's not any professional equipment. It's yeah. them literally walking in a forest with cameras. So it's, you know, that's what I imagine it sounds yeah. like when you're shaking the camera. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. If, you, if you're someone who gets sick easily, maybe give it a try. Turn it off if it's kind of making you dizzy. Because, yeah. like, just, Cloverfield makes me dizzy. Yeah. Like, or just suck it up and watch it. Yeah, just fucking man up. Or lady up. Lady up. Whatever up. <laughs> just go upwards. Um... But even though it did make some people motion sick and throw up during the screenings, its found footage technique received near universal praise by many. And though not the first to employ it, um, it was declared, because I think Cannibal Holocaust was before this, but it has been declared a milestone in film history due to its critical and box office success. So obviously, we've talked about how successful this film is. Let's hear it one more time. How many millions? Oh, I forgot. 258.6? <laughs> I only said it. I think it's 258.6. Hold on, we're going to... What is it? Hold on, I'm going to look. It is... What did you say? What did you say? 258.6. Close. So close. 258. <laughs> Drop the five. 248. Yes! Oh, that's... Yes, okay. <laughs> so if anyone was uh, confused about how much it made, it's 246. No, 248.6. 
close. Papacito. Papacito, Papacito Valley um, is where I want to live. So, oh, okay. So, obviously, it's a successful movie is basically. And it's funny because, you know, when I used to talk about this movie, it was kind of like, oh, it's stupid. It's literally just like wandering around a forest. But now looking at it as more of an adult, still not a total adult, but like half of an adult, um, through those eyes and then through the, the eyes of the fun facts and the I like the ideas behind it, I agree. I think this is a really great movie to watch. And I think if you are a horror movie fan, this is one that you cannot miss. Um, but it is more of a psychological thriller because it's, it's more about what the mind does. Yeah. When you know, <laughs> when you're scared. Yeah. Um, which I think is really impressive. I mean, some people might not like it because there isn't much of much There's action. There's not a lot of action, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, I think this movie really preys on the unknown. That's what it, it's it's preying on the unknown. So if those are the kind of things that scare you, which those are the kind of things that do freak me out a lot, um, this is the movie for you. Now, Heather is currently in... <laughs> so let's get into the history of the actors, what happened to them. Um, they did not die in the forest. They're alive. They're well, act, I spoiler. I they're alive. alive. I hope they are. <laughs> um, to my knowledge, they're alive. I did not see anything because I feel like that would be yeah, like would Blair Witch actor died. Um, so they are very much alive. Um, Heather is currently a miracle marijuana grower and the author of a memoir. I wonder if she mentions her time in this movie. What else would she write about? Right, like yeah. I guess that's right. Maybe smoking the ganja. Um, Mike quit his furniture mover job. Oh, he worked as a furniture mover on the late night with Conan O'Brien, which is a job. I don't know. I'd take it if I could. I would too. I'd get to like touch the seats of famous people. What is move furniture? Right. Mike (laughs) quit his furniture mover job on the late night with Conan O'Brien after the Blair Witch Project was released, only to return to it to supplement his acting income to support his wife and kids. It's still a very interesting job prospect. A furniture mover on a a late night show. Um, Debbie Burgoyne, the mayor of the town, population 180, once woke <laughs> up to find a fan of the movie standing in her living room. Nope. Nope. Scary as fuck. I love that. First of all, like I said, can you imagine us talking about this? We are in the dark, in Kara's house, and I am just imagining a fucking crazed fan disappearing. Just being in my <laughs> Goodbye. How does that fucking happen? He had apparently assumed there was a tour. Why do you just assume there's a tour? That doesn't even... house. Like, <laughs> that's I thought even... there was a tour here. I didn't have it scheduled, but that's not. That's. Not I didn't call anyone. I've never seen a tour here ever in my life, but I did assume that this is what was happening. So I came into your living room, and, and this is it. So during the course of filming, the directors would purposely give the actors less and less food each day, in order to promote conflict. And the last two days, each meal consisted of a power bar fruit and water so i would die yeah so basically they like were starving them to like get them um, yeah get them all riled up um and so this is interesting too the well-known scene with heather's zoomed in face wasn't planned she just didn't realize the camera was that zoomed in so i guess that two-day crash course didn't you know hit the zoom button So, didn't cover Zoom. Yeah. Chapter five was skipped. Zoom. Yeah, but that's interesting because that's, like, when you think of the Blair Witch Project, I mean, at least for me, it's that, see, I think it's toward the end. Like, yes. It's her face. But if you look like, up the Blair Witch Project, that's the Yeah, I think that is, yeah. I think, yeah. And that's the, probably the only fucking thing that comes up. Because <laughs> the rest of it would just be trees and sticks. Sticks and trees. Let's get into this shit today. <laughs> um... But yeah, so they were zooming in, zooming and grooving. Heather, I 
accidentally zoomed in on her face and ended up making one of the most iconic scenes in the entire film, in probably everyone's opinion. Yep. So I think we all agree on that one. If you've seen two out of two, two here, <laughs> two out of two. I mean, yeah, and the ghost of the Blair Witch. Yeah, she Um, so production had to get very expensive rights for Heather quoting Gilligan's Island. Um, the theme song from Gilligan's Island around the campfire, which I don't even remember that happening. To be I honest. don't either, and I can't believe you would have to buy rights to that. Like it's crazy the shit you have to buy rights to. Like everything has rights. It's you know what I always think of though. Like every idea I've ever had, I always think like someone's probably had it first. Yeah. So like what? Like how do you fucking claim rights property to something? Law. That's I don't know anything about stupid. it. I just know that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So they that if you caught that, which I didn't. Um, if you're a Gilligan's Island fan. And you know their theme song off by heart. She did quote it around the fire, and they had to pay for that. And that was one of the biggest expenses that this movie had. That was probably um, $40,000. 50, <laughs> so, due to the film's popularity, the Burkittsville sign has been stolen multiple times. And the camera that Josh uses in the film ended up selling for $10,000 on eBay after the film wrapped. That's a sixth of them for their budget. Right? It's like just from the camera. Can you imagine all three sold? Yeah. Now, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but the three leads did believe that the Blair Witch was real, but they knew the film that they were in was fake. Um, the directors kept in touch with Heather, Michael, and Josh with walkie-talkies to make sure that they didn't get lost while roaming around the forest. Although, by the accounts of them like hunting them, I feel like they let them get lost yeah. a few times. You know what I mean? Just to scare them a little bit more. Yeah. Even though they kept in touch with walkie-talkies with Heather, Josh, and Mike, um... The trio did get lost and reported three times. Uh, the reactions from Heather, Mike, and Josh from when they discover they walked all day and ended up in the same spot are real because they were genuinely upset that they walked all day for nothing. So that's the cool thing about found footage films. I feel like a lot of it relies on very visual reactions. Like, yeah. you know, what's happening in that scene is really what you're getting. So Heather said that the final scene was so terrifying that she kept hyperventilating and crying long after the scene was filmed. Which, I mean, I guess from the outside it seems like, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. But, like, I guess you have to put yourself in it and think of, like, living that for eight yeah. days. And, and, like, that being your reality, like, constantly. Because yeah, I think, I, I lied, I think they did stay in the forest in this tent. I think that was real. Yeah. I don't think they were like, okay, cut, and then they went to yeah, the Yeah, go house. home, bye. Yeah. So I take that back. Um, but I, I do think yeah, I can see how that would be scary. But like Jennifer Lawrence said, she had a lot of trouble as well for when she filmed mother because yeah. it's just so heavy. And I guess you're right. Like when you're an actor, you're really you're, you're becoming yeah. the person. You know, you're you're dealing with it. And especially in this case, like we said, they were really in the forest with no direction yeah. to the point where I feel like that would start to feel real. Like that would fuck with my mind. Oh, I couldn't stay one night outside. Right? I'm, no, no. <laughs> Um, it's interesting to note also the sounds of children that you hear at night were taken from kids playing around the house of the director's mom. What? Do I hate that? Right? Right? Fuck children. They're not allowed to be children. Fuck that. Don't make noise. (laughs) No, just silent. (laughs) Um, but what they did, the directors, they played that tape over speakers in the forest. And Michael said that that was one of the scariest scenes to shoot because, of course, the directors did not tell the actors that that was going to happen. So they li- li- genuinely heard this, like, these kids in the fucking forest and that probably scared the shit out of them just like everything else. Honestly, if I'm in the dark in a forest, a fucking leaf can scare me. Imagine hearing yeah. a booming, like, kids laughing all of a sudden in the middle of the night. Don't oh, it's scary. 
And was then, that in the middle of the night when that happened? Yeah, 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 at night. <laughs> and then from 99 to 2000, the hordes of fans visiting the Maryland location scared away all of the hunting game, which is very interesting. Yeah, a lot. it was reported that a lot of the hunters were pissed. Because... <laughs> yeah. Um, these because dum dums are out here. Like, yeah, because all these people were in their hunting guns, and so the deer didn't come around, so they didn't get any uh, deer. They had very minimal deer that that season, and people are pissed. Um, hunters were not very pleased with this movie. Which fuck it, they've got twenty four forty two hundred forty eight point six million dollars. I don't care what the hunters think. Save Bambi, baby, Bambi all the way. <laughs> For this next part, do you want to do, like, I'll do awards, you do spoilers, and then, well, why don't we do awards and ratings together? Perfect. And then we'll go back up to spoiler. Perfect! Perfect! Okay. Perfect! Okay. Dude, that was so fucking annoying. Get me so, out of here. So, moving on to awards that they won, or, or, <laughs> no didn't, I don't know if it is an award, <laughs> yeah. but, so the 20th, the Golden Raspberry Awards, is that the same thing as the Razzies? Yeah. Okay. Um, Heather Donahue was the worst actress, and is that worst producers, or was she also a producer? <laughs> Undetermined. <laughs> Heather Donahue's worst actress award, and, oh, I think they got worst. Worst actress, worst producers. Yeah. Worst picture. Yeah. Oh, oh, I understand now. Heather Donahue won worst actress, and producers Robin and Greg Hale what the fuck happened to all of this? Why did I separate all of these so fucking stupid? Um, so the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards, which, I mean, that sounds like one guy in his basement because these are some stinkers. Right, and if you guys didn't catch it, the, the Razzie Awards it's are not, bad. Not like, you don't want to win a Razzie. Although, the people that win Razzies and actually go to get them, like, the big celebrities, it's <laughs> funny as fuck because it's kind of like laughing at yourself. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, I made I a flop or, yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so... At the Stinkers, they won the biggest Stinkers. disappointment category, received three nominations for Worst Picture, Worst Actress, and Worst Screen Debut. Why is she getting hated on? I think she brought the emotion. Yeah. She was, like, the highlight. Yeah. Like, she, without her, it would just be two dudes banging into trees. The <laughs> forest. Uh, so, first Golden Trailer Awards. Again, not very reputable, but nomination yeah. for Most Original Trailer. And then they won Best Horror and Best Voiceover. Which we need you, best voiceover. Whoever did that, come yeah. talk to us. And then finally, the Independent Spirit, John Cassavetes Award, <laughs> best film. So, so it's like half of it is good. You're all terrible, and then half of it's like you're great. And that's kind of what we feel with the reviews as well. Um, I mean, the ratings as well. It it seems like it's kind of a toss up. It's it kind of like you either loved it or you hated it. You thought it was innovative or you thought it was boring and stupid and like plotless. Um, IMDb rated it six point four out of ten. That's not horrible, but it's not good. It's not great. It's like 64%. Yeah, good job. Look at me go! (laughs) Yikes. That was horrible. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, which is what I know a lot of people go by. I mean, I don't really go by ratings. I see everything because I like to see movies and see how shitty they are, how great they are myself. But a lot of people go by Rotten Tomatoes. They're very reputable. This movie, Blair Witch Project, got 87%, which is high. Mm-hmm. Horror movies generally get on like Rotten Tomatoes. Five. Literally. Like, <laughs> like, literally you get like 30 or below. Mm-hmm. And it's normally below. Like, way below. Like, literally five. So, keep that, that in mind. Zero, doesn't it? Uh, probably. Maybe that's wrong. But that I feel like it, it's You're prob- It's probably terrible. down there because people fucking hated that movie. No, it has. Oh, that's on IMDb. Um... 
I'm probably wrong. It's like 90 something. 69. Well, that's not good. But uh, basically, I'll cut that. But a lot of a lot of movies do very yeah. well. Uh, horrible in the horror genre, especially. Because a lot of movies, as you'll see through oh. these reviews, are in trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes reads... Quote, full of creepy campfire scares, mock doc, the Blair Witch Project keeps audiences in the dark about its titular, titular. Titular. Titular? Yeah. Titular. Titular? Yeah. That's actually right. Really? Yeah. About its titular (laughs) villain, thus proving the imagination can be as scary as anything on screen. That's correct. I think that's correct. I think, for me, my mind does a lot crazier shit than any movie could possibly do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what this plays on. Now, Metacritic gives a weighted average score of 81 out of 100 based on 33 reviews, indicating, quote, universal acclaim. So they got an 81% with Metacritic. Um, CinemaScore gave it an average grade of C+, on a scale ranging from A+, plus to F. C's get degrees. So I feel like it's basically, consensus is between like like, B, C range. Yeah. It's basically what it seems like. Um, The Blair Witch Project was among... The films included, oh, Lord, 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 okay. <laughs> the Blair Witch Project was among the films to be included in the book A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die. So, that's something. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2016, it was ranked by IGN as number 22 on their list of 25 top horror movies of all time. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of those class like it's it's, it's, it's classic. Like, it's like The Shining. Ah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's the oh. <laughs> Blair Witch. She's here. Yeah, she's visiting. Um, but I know. I definitely think like I mean, we'll get into it later. Like, does it scare me? No. Mm-hmm. But do you need to see it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I agree with the the other one, the hundred, a thousand and one movies you must see before you die. I think this is one of those. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I mean, a thousand is a pretty big number. <laughs> yeah, a um, thousand and one is even bigger than a thousand. It's so. the one. <laughs> it's the it's that's <laughs> this got that one spot. That's why it couldn't just be an even a good one thousand. We have to add Blair Witch. <laughs> yeah, it was ranked number sixteen on Cosmopolitan's twenty five most twenty five scariest movies of all time. Number. Uh, I'm gonna debate scare like. We'll, I don't think that, it's, yeah. we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, we have a lot of thoughts. Um, number three on the Hollywood Reporter's ten scariest movies of all time as well. 2013, the film also made the top ten list of the Hollywood Reporter's highest grossing independent films of all time, ranking number six. Wow, which I can't obviously we can't dispute that those are facts. <laughs> um, that's not something I'd be like, well, no, they didn't. No, they fucking didn't. Um, it was ranked number fifty on FilmCritic.com's list of fifty best movie endings of all time in two thousand six. The Chicago Film Critics Association ranked it as number twelve on their list of top hundred scariest movies. And in two thousand and eight, The Blair Witch Project was ranked by Entertainment Weekly as number ninety nine on their list of hundred best films from nineteen eighty three to two thousand and eight, which is a really weird time. Like, <laughs> let's just do eighty three to oh eight. Yeah, like that's yeah. a little bizarre. I mean, just from. As an observer, it kind of seems like recently people are going back and saying, like, this is a pretty damn good movie. But, like, See, at the I'm time, saying. That's what I'm they saying. were just like, like eh. kind of like The Graduate. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time. At the time, Roger Ebert, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, my He dude. was like, this movie sucks. And then, like, years later, he went back and was like, I'm sorry, it was good. Yeah. I think this one, like we talked about in the beginning, is one of those ones you really do have to take a fresh eyes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because... 
especially nowadays, especially if you're seeing it now as a super horror movie fan, you're not going to get that gore. You're not going to get those jump scares that you're expecting. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get I would say it's action. even less jump scare than paranormal yeah, activity. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and really, we'll talk about this when we head to the spoiler room, but um, basically, it seems like nothing happened. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it it's plays on your imagination. Movie, yeah. Um, but it's one of those movies that I do think that it's one you appreciate, like you said, more when you go back into it, yeah. realize what was Knowing put into it, the story, behind know the it. story behind it, really get in like into the into the movie. Whereas looking at it as just I want a horror movie, you're not going to be thrilled by this one. Yeah. Which I might add later on, cut out when I just said that right now. <laughs> so let's head over to the spoiler room, bitches. So pretty much this whole fucking podcast is going to be spoilers, let's be real. Yeah. But these are extra spoilers that we just want to throw in for fun. fun and hopefully fun. your view of that is how Lisa, I think you said you like to spoil movies before you see them mm-hmm. so you know going in. I said I like to learn more about them after. So you could listen to this before or after watching. Yes. Either way. And I'll put the timestamps time stamps, ah, the time stamps <laughs> of the spoiler room segment here um, in the show notes. So before you, we even get into it, you'll know, hey, this is where I need to skip to if I really don't want to deal with the spoilers. Although in this movie, it's kind of like, but, like, okay. I'm just not really going to ruin the movie for you right. unless you're really expecting something, like, extravagant. Yeah. But um, You probably are not. For all of these, when, when we do have spoiler rooms, some of them... The whole thing's kind of going to be a spoiler room because it's like the plot of the movies. Right. Um, but when and we do, pro- I mean, I would think most people are coming into this after watching. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I will put those timestamps yeah. in the notes just so if you are new or if you want to show this podcast to someone who hasn't seen it before to convince them to watch the movie, I'll I'll so let we don't you know. Don't want to ruin your experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. So let's go over to the spoiler room. As Lisa said, sorry to burst your bubble, you're not going to see the Blair Witch. Um, she, it's, it's left up to your imagination, so you're not going to see her. Literally if ever. that's what you're in this for, you're not going to see it. So sorry. Literally never. <laughs> you never, ever, ever, ever see the Blair Witch. It's not like she like, comes up in a shadow. It's not like you will literally never see a witch in this film ever unless you consider Heather Donahue a witch. Um <laughs> You're you're just not gonna hear shit. You're not gonna hear her speak. She's knocked a bag in the woods, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like you'll it's not hear, yeah. It this this movie kind of I think it really does play on the realism. It's like yeah, you're not gonna go into the woods and a fucking witch is gonna appear and start talking to you. Like and that was the intent. There it was said to be because the directors wanted to force the suspense of the unknown, which I think they did a good job here. Yeah. Although it is kind of disappointing because you. Especially, you're like, Come on, yeah. Especially at the very end, you're like expecting. Okay, this is when we're finally gonna see her. This is when we're gonna see what what's been haunting these people in this town. Nope, you never fucking see her ever. Yeah. Literally, we're not even just saying that to get you to watch till the end. Yeah. You will never see a witch. Um, <laughs> ever, ever. There is no witch for you today. Or ever. Uh, or ever. Okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I hated that. All of that. It hurt me inside. <laughs> Um, some of the townspeople interviewed in the film were not actors. We kind of went over that. Yeah, not a spoiler. Yeah. Um, but that was unknown to the main cast. They had no idea who was who. And, fun fucking fact, and a spoiler kind of, four alternate endings were shot. Now, the original was kept, but the alternates added more gore. 
Which I'm kind of curious how that what, would happen. What gore is in the movie. Right. To add more. There's, <laughs> yeah. There's none. I guess maybe, you know, adding more is not the right way to phrase that. It's adding gore altogether. Yeah. Um, I guess the bundle of sticks and it's teeth gore. could technically... Because wasn't there, like, a bloody something in there? I don't either. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so that was interesting to note, that they did film for alternate endings... Um, some of them had gore, some of them did not, and one of them ended up being chosen that wasn't, it was the original one, and they just, again, liked that uh, the idea that you don't, nothing you yeah. see, it's all to the imagination what happens to these people in the very end. When Heather calls Josh Mr. <laughs> Punctuality, she was just being a dick, because <laughs> he was very late that day. So, lols. Yeah. Um, it was so annoying to the directors that they decided to kill off Josh first instead of Mike, so that also played into his scene where, spoiler alert, he dies first. People do die in this film. It's not just them wandering around until the very end. People do disappear and die. And This is pretty funny. Uh, He was awarded, rewarded with a meal at Denny's. Yeah, and as we said, they were only given power bars and crap. And later, a Jane's Addiction concert while the other two remained at Seneca Creek State Park. So when they killed him off, he, like, there was reports that he was very happy to be killed off because he wanted to see this concert. And he got a real meal. So he was, like, over it, like, over I the forest. So they gave him a free meal at Denny's, and he got to see the concert that he was trying to see. So being late um, really worked out in Josh's favor. He was killed off first, but, hey, he wanted to he, take that. He got to go to Denny's, man. Yeah. He, I wonder if he got the Grand Slam. Uh, or is that only – no, that's a Denny's as a worldwide. No, that's all. I think it's oh, Denny's. I don't know. Denny's. I don't know. <laughs> um, William said the most terrifying moment was hearing the sounds of the kids like we talked about lived that lived across the street from Eduardo Sanchez's mother on the boom boxes being blared outside of his tent. Obviously, yeah. we weren't expecting that. We talked about it. That's a scary sound to fucking hear when you're sleeping in the middle Especially of the Especially because you think they didn't know that Right, yeah. yeah. It, it was just so random. And, like, I guess at that point, too, everything's playing with your senses, your mind, everything. You're not sure what's part of the movie or what's, like, not part of the movie. Yeah. And maybe afterwards, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but he probably was like, holy fuck, like, <laughs> what? Um, it was really funny to interest <laughs> It would be my word of choice, probably. Um, but yeah, no, because we right. just talk about that all the time, so. right? It would, yeah, people would be like, "What?" Like, so if I filmed twenty hours of video, it would all be me talking about cheese. Um, <laughs> but if one of the actors wanted to break character, because like we said, they were filming constantly, twenty four seven, they would have to say the word taco. So, like, can you imagine being in the middle of, like, a, like a very serious scene all of a sudden? Like, by the way, taco? Taco. 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 Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Artisan, the now-defunct studio that bought the rights to the film, went to great lengths to keep the three main characters away from the press for a time, and they didn't correct any of the reports that were going out saying that they were deceased. This is And wild. Heather's mom even received some sympathy cards. So, that's pretty funny. Yeah. That's, like... <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? She's probably like, you fucking idiots. Like, what? <laughs> awesome. um, but it's weird that IMDb kind of jumped the gun and was like, like, because they don't, like, that would be like promoting a snuff film. Like, what are they? Or did they think it was a documentary, like, about a murder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, if you were, like, you know, how would you ever? Yeah. I have a lot of questions that didn't get finished <laughs> there, but you know what I mean. All right, so let's get into our little. The, some, like, category or criteria for all around. Horror movie. Yeah, so this this is going to make or break your horror movie take. There we are. Oh, okay. Make or break your horror movie take. So the first one we have here, and this is going to be 
consistent throughout all of our episodes, just forewarning. Um, so let's start with it off. 10-minute test. Did we want to turn it off after 10 minutes? Now, this is something I've done for a very long time. A lot of horror movies are shit. Absolute trash. Um, garbage movies. How many ways can I say the word trash, right? Garbage. Horrible. Trash. And so a lot of them, I'll either fall asleep, I'll be bored playing on my phone, um, you know, I'll just be so unfocused because I just don't care. They yes. don't interest me. So I do this thing with my cousin, and Carrie does it too, called the 10-minute test or 20-minute test, kind of like whatever you're feeling. Yeah. Somewhere in the beginning. Right? Um, and it's, you leave it on for 10 minutes or the allotted amount of time you decided upon. If it stills boring, still stupid, by that point you turn it off. Now, yes. we're never going to do that for this. Any movie we commit to watching, we're going to watch it the whole way through. However, when we talk about the 10-minute test in these episodes, we're going to say it's hypothetically. Like yeah, like if we were to do this again, would we have turned it off after 10 minutes? So let's get into it. So for 10-minute test, I said that it held my interest Pass the 10 minute test for me, baby. I was in it for the whole 80, what, three minutes? 81. 81 minutes. I was there for two minutes extra. I was just in awe. <laughs> I just watched the black screen. <laughs> yeah. Now, I said that I probably would have turned it off. Yeah. Um, because I, it, I, to me, it doesn't get super interesting until they get lost, which is what, like half an hour, 45 minutes in? Yeah, it's a slow moving. Yeah. Movie. So up until then, I'm kind of just like, meh. So. Honestly, I probably would have turned it off. Yeah. So it's good to know. I mean, it, it's what it is. And if you weren't hearing this and you hadn't seen it, you probably would have too, to be honest. Yeah. The reason I said it held my interest was because I wanted to know what happened because I've heard about it, right? If yes. I was going into this movie completely blinders on, never heard about it in my life, I probably would have done the same. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those movies for me, at least, where it's kind of intrigued. Like, where is this going to go? Like, I need to know. Yeah, yeah. But it is boring in yeah. the beginning. Let's be real. It's boring. Yeah. <laughs> so real or so fake? Was it a plot where there are elements that it felt like it could happen in real life? Now, I said my vote was for the Blair Ridge Project, the original, because there are some remakes and seconds and thirds and fourths and whatever. We'll get into those later. I said it was so real. And it was so real that it was so boring in the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah. So found footage films have an inherently real feel to them because that's the point. Yeah. They want to feel like you're in the movie and you're watching someone's documentary film. Um, so that's part of it. And then the other part is like, it makes you feel like you're wandering around the fucking woods with these people. Yeah. Um, I said that the most, the, the movie could make the most experienced hiker second guess a brand's crackle. Cause that's what it plays on. That's the entire fucking yeah. movie is just like crackles in the woods. It's like, oh shit, what was it? Which you happens. Never know. Yeah. So like when I'm out with my dog now, I still hear a crackle and I like whip around. Like, <laughs> is there a Blair Witch chilling in the forest with me? Um, so I did say so real. What did you say, Karen? I also said very real. Um, of found footage films, it's one of the realer ones. And the fact you never really see anything adds to the realness. I agree. Um, I feel like that's yeah. a really good point because if you did see The Witch, I feel like, we, okay, that would immediately bring it down mm-hmm. to this is yeah, not real. This can't happen to you. Like, yeah, this isn't real. No yeah. fucking woman's going to be hanging out in a fucking decrepit building in the middle of the woods. Right. Um, so I agree. Yeah. I think that, I think... If you're into documentaries, this is going to be a movie you're going to love. Yeah. Because um, it definitely feels like one. But if you're looking for one of those, like, boop, <laughs> kind of movies, it's not you're going to want to turn it off. So, Netflix and chill, baby. Could we throw it on as background noise, or should you be paying attention to this movie if it does pass your 10-minute test? I personally think this movie, if you're not fully paying attention, you would get a headache from all the woodland noise and peripheral camera shakiness, but you could make it a 10 minute thing I'm, I think my answer was more saying you should pay attention because you'll never you won't like the movie you won't even attempt to like the movie 
it would just be a bore um, yeah. if you left it on. It would be annoying. It would just be obnoxious. Yeah. Um, I so mean, I agree with that. Um, I said that if if you're just listening in the background or you're not paying attention, you're just going to hear people screaming at each other. And that's yeah. really annoying. So. Yeah. It's just, like, obnoxious if you're not, like, looking at yeah. the screen and seeing what's going on. So I don't think you should just shove this on while you're doing your laundry or, like, no. making out with your significant other or something. Yeah. Unless you're into screaming kids and shit. Yeah, which I... We have questions if that's the case. Mindfuckery. Did the movie have any wild plot twists or do a total 180 at all? Nope. Yep, it's just no. (laughs) It's straightforward. Like we said, it's boring almost. Yeah, I did say it's boring. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like it's... There was no twist... Um, there yeah. wasn't like some like revelation about the Blair Witch. You don't see her. You don't it's, see her. It's boring. Yeah, it's like you know these people are gonna die. Obviously, the whole thing is based on footage that were found after they right. disappeared. You don't know how they die, and you never find out how they die. Yeah. Also, another spoiler. Alert. Yeah, <laughs> I guess just, just it, it, no closure in this movie. You're not gonna find out what happens. Yeah, that's just you're sorry about your luck. Um, <laughs> But that's, I mean, it gets like a storybook with no fucking ending. Or mm-hmm. this is a movie that will make you want to bang your head against the wall because you're like, oh, okay, this is going to get really great. It's going to be like really crazy right now. And then all of a sudden it's like, bye. <laughs> um, theater worthy. Was it worth it seeing it in theaters, Kara? I would say, I mean, I haven't seen it in theaters. I think it would be interesting to see it in theaters. Um, More immersive experience. Yeah, everything's scarier in a theater. Um, so Absolutely. I think like seeing this in the complete dark would make it a little jumpier than it was like me watching it on my couch. We should see it in IMAX. Can you imagine that fucking feeling? We'd be in the woods with them. Like, I've never seen anything in IMAX. What? Yeah. Wow. So Karen and I can have some fun. <laughs> but yeah, I think it would be an experience. I agree. I think it would be intense in theaters in a really good way. I think um, it would really immerse you, force you to pay attention, really. Because I think, like Kara said, if you're not 100% in it to watch the whole movie, you're going to get bored and your, your eyes are going to wander around. In a theater, you're kind of forced to pay attention. Yeah. Um, but if you get motion sick, I think this would be a fucking nightmare to see in theaters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, w- I would totally skip out on the theater experience if you get motion sick because the whole fucking thing, you just throw up instantly forever. Days. <laughs> yeah. Days, days. Rinse and repeat. Would we watch it again or would we recommend it to others? I would recommend it. I probably will never watch this movie again in my life. Yeah. Um, Like I said, like, do I think it's a good movie? Yeah. Do I think it's boring? Yeah. So, <laughs> I loved that. So, <laughs> so I don't need to see it again. Yeah. I, like, I'm good. But if you have not seen it, definitely worth a watch. Yeah. So I think I'd watch it again because I'm the kind of person who loves with another person. So I think it's one of those classics that you need to see if you're a horror fan, like Kara said. Um, you can't say you're a horror movie fan if you haven't at least attempted to watch this guy. Yeah. But I'm the kind of person who I think the only way I'd really watch it again is if I'm showing it to someone else who hasn't seen it. Because yeah, I love life. watching other people. Like, I'm going to have so much fun with you with Goodnight Mommy because I love watching that reaction to someone seeing someone for the first time. Yeah. Sometimes it's disappointing because they don't react how I want them to react. Yeah. However, I think this is one where if, if your friend hasn't seen it and you have, it'd be really interesting to get their take on it. Especially if they listen to this podcast with you and hear all the shit about it. Yeah. And other thing. So, yeah. Um, so, yes, no, maybe so, kind of. The plot thickens. Was the plot good? For a movie with no plot, <laughs> yeah. yes. Um, so like I keep saying it, like I was, I was bored until they got lost. Um, but I think they did a great job of turning a movie that had absolutely no plot going into it. it there was no plot. It's just like we're going in the woods, mm-hmm. and I think it 
was went in a good direction and you know it worked yeah and i think because of the hype and the marketing before the movie came out it did um make what could have been a plot a no into a plot go <laughs> i'm such a fucking loser um but no i do think it turned a plot no into a plot go really uh i think the marketing in the time that this was released made it gave it a plot yeah right if it didn't have that and if you're watching it now not knowing what the movie's about and not knowing all this background uh i think you'd be like no the yeah. plot's not good it's yeah a plot, no. three people go into the woods to talk about a legend that's yeah. it that's talk the about the gilligan's island theme yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but because all the hype and it did make it feel very real, like a very real situation, I do think that added to the plot. Because, like, think yeah. about it now. If we saw a news case, found out it was, well, no, we didn't find out it was fake, and then a movie was based on it, like, Slenderman's going to get yeah, a lot yeah. of fucking people watching it just because there's a case, even though they don't have to do with anything other than the fictional character being involved in both. Yeah. Well, not involved, but. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. But, Gore factor, baby. Zero. If you're looking for someone to get ripped to shreds, bones, guts, blood, the most bones you're going to see are little tiny bits of teeth. Um, otherwise, literally it's no gore. Literally, yeah, it's not. Maybe if they would have kept the ending, one of the alternates, we would have seen some gore. Fortunately, the most you see is a back to a wall. <laughs> so, that... So it's, it's a no on it, that. That's a no, but it does the mind trick shit where you're like oh what's gonna happen they're gonna get their head chopped off or whatever yeah so where can you watch this care take it away so i watched this on xfinity so if you're from around the Pittsburgh area you probably have xfinity (laughs) i watched it on xfinity stream but i think it was through cinemax so it's it's on there it was it it goes on and off on netflix it wasn't on there this month <laughs> i'm a trash human so i find these things sometimes online what um, yeah you steal movies i don't steal them i put them back oh okay it's fine then yeah um i don't condone that but i if, think if you do some digging you'll find it yes i'm sure it's on like youtube too like the buy-in youtube shit or like amazon yeah. and stuff um but yeah you'll if you if you're looking for it you're gonna find it this yeah. is one of the most popular movies uh in the yeah. horror genre yeah ever Final thoughts. What do we think? So, overall, Blair Witch Project, what do we feel about it? We like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we like it. I don't think it's, like, a love movie, but I do think it's one of those ones that I love to talk about because it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, after looking into it more um, from, you know, stuff you've told me, I think it's revolutionary, even. Yeah. yeah. It, it <laughs> really did change the gamut of found footage films and films in general. Um. It really, it really did show filmmakers that it can be scary to have nothing scary on mm-hmm. screen. And I don't think we'd have things like Paranormal Activity without this. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, because that's pretty much what Paranormal yeah. Activity yeah. is, too. You don't, well, you see things, but like, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great movie. And I think, uh, maybe not a great movie, but, like, a really, I Good. think it's, I do think it's a great movie, actually. Yeah, I, I do, take too. that back. <laughs> I think it's a great movie because it's, like Kara said, revolutionary. It's, it's one of those ones that tests all the limits but never crosses them. You know, it pushes you to that limit, but then, like, never creeps above it. Yeah. But it makes your mind do it. So, like, it, like, mm-hmm. takes you, like, bolts you up to the top and doesn't let you pass the finish line, but your brain does. So you keep going, and you're like, what the fuck happened here? What did I just watch? And the fact that it got people believing it was a real fucking movie. That is persuasive. You did it. It is. You did it. So Blair Witch Project, we give you a go. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. If your friends haven't seen it, 
Make them watch it. Make them watch it and let us know what you guys think. What did it rate on your scale? Let us know. Netflix and chill. Would you throw it on? Gore? Meh. We can all agree that if that's If you think this is gory. <laughs> we, we, you buckle up. Check yourself. Yeah. Buckle up. Um, if this is gory to you, bless your heart. Maybe don't listen to the rest of this yeah. series. But let us know. Did you think this was scary? Do you think this um, was a movie that made you afraid of something yeah. you know this is a movie that made Would me think twice about this yeah i've gone camping since i've seen blair witch project however i do like jolt when yeah. i see like shit in the woods so why well, don't see shit in the, you know when i hear shit in the woods um but that is the first episode of streaming and screaming baby thank you Kara, for being my lovely yes. co-host for ever and ever and ever <laughs> that was so ugly um Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your fam. This is a little bit different. We're breaking up the true crime wild situations we talk about weekly. So this is going to be a bi-weekly baby. Check it out. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your fam. Have a good night, everyone. Peace out. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.